Hey everybody, Eddie here, um, God's most perfect angel, uh, TM, as well as one half of the Creature Comfort Comedy production duo and uh, one of the co-hosts of the podcast that you're about to listen to, Between the Lines. Um, I just wanted to do a quick little intro up top, Uh, so this is going to be a very special episode. Um, It's a character episode similar to Tony Danza Brown, which I believe is episode 14, uh, which if you haven't listened to, highly recommend. It is very fun. Um, But unlike Tony Danza Brown, which will always stay outside of the paywall um, and on Spotify and your other podcasting apps, this one um, in one to two weeks uh, will go behind the paywall, which is uh, the paywall being our Patreon, uh, which you can find at Creature Comfort uh, Comedy at Patreon. Um, But this won't be going behind the paywall, as will uh, every other uh, character episode that we do in this vein, um, which we have a lot of them planned, and we, you know, need at least a little bit of something to ask you to donate for. Um, I know it's a little gauche to just directly ask for money, but unfortunately, um, doing this doesn't pay super well. Uh, I know that's wild to think of, but it it doesn't, and uh, unfortunately, uh, money is everything in society currently. You gotta get that bag, you gotta get that paper, um, and it would, it would help us out a lot, because uh, we love doing this, and we want to be able to do as much of it as possible, um, and we have a lot of big plans and uh, big dreams, uh, and uh, unfortunately, a lot of that isn't possible without... Um, some, some, some of the kindness of strangers and friends. Um, and you know, also you can, you can help yourselves by helping us out because the more, uh, money that we have, more donations that we get, the, you know, the more not only exclusive character episodes, but the more, you know, sketches and other film segments. And, you know, we have a lot of ideas for limited episode podcasts that are very exciting. But it turns out that all of that costs money, which is blew my mind. Uh, I was just just blown away by that. But uh, we would we, we would love to do that. And it is very good content so uh but we we do need a little bit of money for that um yeah and and also you know you can say that you were on the ground floor of something which seems exciting um and i'm sure with the level of early adopter you would be um if you email us at creaturecomfortcomedy at gmail.com uh there's a possibility you know there's some extra perks that come with being you know on the ground floor being our little venture capitalists sorry for calling you little i'm sure you are strong and smell good um but yeah yeah uh i uh, that's about all the spiel i have for begging for money and also letting you know that this episode will not be up forever um so, uh, yeah, I just, I hope you enjoy the episode. It was, uh, very fun, very good. It was very fun to make. We both had a great time doing it. And, um, yeah, that's it. I love all of you and be excellent to each other. Christ! Where did that music come from? Give a man a warning. You'll give an addict a heart attack. You're gonna scare the crap out of the dogs downstairs with that flute as well. Fairly catchy. Alright, I'm good. I'm mellow. I'm mellow. I'm processing. Alright.
This is Walto's podcast, Fur and Loathing, a journey into the dark underbelly of dog sledding by me, Walto. We were somewhere around Minneapolis on the edge of the tundra and the dogs began to kick snow. I remember saying something like, I feel a bit lightheaded, maybe you should drive. And then suddenly one of the dogs was driving. And I realized that I had taken all of my acid earlier that day. Hello, you may recognize that passage from uh, one of my prior novels. My name is, in fact, Walto, the dog trainer, the sled dog trainer. I train dogs to do multiple things, but I am best known for training sled dogs. And I am also known for my wild, crazy trips across the American uh, landscape, I suppose would be the proper word for it. I've covered this great country so many times, uh, back and forth, seeing its dark underbelly, seeing the darkness that lies in the heart, in the fur and loathing of this country. Welcome to Fur and Loathing, my dog and travel-themed podcast. I am Walto? My name is Walto. I've trained sled dogs my entire life. That's not really true. I started when I was about 20, but it feels like most of my life. And I, uh, starting this podcast, this is the uh, first episode of my podcast. I, I, I've, I've been graced by uh, a couple of gentlemen named Minton and uh, Edward Chernetsky. Uh, I believe they share the same last name, uh, if I'm not mistaken, uh, brothers or something. They look exactly like uh, these two little pale men. And uh, they were gracious enough to let me use their uh, very professional-grade studio uh, to record this new episode of my podcast, uh, this first episode of my podcast, Fur and Loathing. It's called Fur and Loathing because, you see, dogs have fur, and I, I train dogs. Yes, uh, in the studio with me, he's nodding right now. I have a, a friend that I did meet on uh, my travels who's here to sort of help me out since I, I'm more used to the printed word. I've written a few books at this point. Uh, not used to this much speaking, honestly. You'll notice that I'm a little uncomfortable, but uh, my friend here is uh, I met on my travels across America. Uh, specifically, I met in Louisiana. During a really crazy party, wasn't? But we'll get to that. We'll get to that. Uh, with me today is a, a, a gentleman, just absolutely works above his pay grade. Uh, why don't you introduce yourself, my friend? Uh, yeah, thank you so much for that long, long introduction. Uh, my name is, of course, Cajun Chris, or Creole Chris, or as my friends know me, Chris of the Gumbo. I am from Baton Rouge. I am a born and bred Cajun. Um, I helped you, uh, of course, we met at that crazy party, um, uh, primarily composed of gators and catfish, as well as ourselves. Um, I met you when I was saying, laissez-le-bon-temps-roule, um, which is let the good times roll. I'm a bit nervous, it's hard for me to use my French, uh, words, 
today, but um, yeah, I just wanted to say thank you very much for having me in on the studio. Um, I helped you, uh, of course, cross the uh, the swamps of the bayou by attaching all those gators and uh, catfish to your dogs. Then I also added those uh, giant fans so they could drive like our uh, air airboats do. Um, but yeah, that's uh, that's my base introduction. Um, I guess a little bit about myself so that the uh, people at home know who I am. Um, is that I, uh, you know, uh, again, born and, born and bred in the bayou around Baton Rouge. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and I, uh, you know, uh, my accent may, uh, you know, slip in and out a little bit uh, on account of how I, uh, did uh, live in North Carolina for a little bit. I don't know. Well, of course, my accent will be changing as well because I have been taking psychoactive chemicals this episode, so I'll be back and forth. Yeah, so you take that full blood or acid, uh, Absolutely. Delivered to you on a silver platter by that dog walking on his hind legs? Yes, and, uh, of course, it was folded into an origami rose. It's the only way I take my acid these days. Yeah. The dog folded the origami rose as well, I will say. I, I did want to say, um, really quick, uh, before we get into the travel log portion of this episode, uh, I did just want to talk, um, uh, A, uh, what a wonderful studio you uh, managed to get the space for. Yes, I believe it's called the Creature Comfort Comedy Studio, I Oh, believe. what a good name, uh, presumably made by two very attractive men. Uh, they're, they're both very pale. Oh, so, oh, that's my favorite type of skin. <laughs> I get a little uncomfortable any time I hear that sentence come out of somebody's mouth. I just love skin that ain't been touched by the sun. Oh, on account of how I'm living again in the bayou and it's so hard to find sun out there. Well, it's noted that uh, the bayou is a very shady area, not in the sense of, you know, sketchy business or anything. Well, it's, there was quite a bit of sketchy well, business. Well, of course, you know, there's a lot of people driving airboats with their licenses and that sort of thing. But, I mean, literally, there are big trees that shade the entire bayou. And as a result, I'm sure you, as well, don't get much sun. Yeah, uh, actually, several of my... Uh Friends from the Bayou. There's of course Bayou George and Bayou uh, Ricky and there's uh, Bayou John. They all um uh, they've been living in the Bayou for so long that much like there's albino fish in caves, uh, they <laughs> they are blind. Um, interesting. Yeah, it's very interesting. Has it given them any heightened abilities? No, they're just clumsy. <laughs> oh, that's unfortunate. They can barely smell. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's bad. Also, if I keep um. Making that, like, <laughs> sound. That is not uh, laughter, or people frequently think it is. That's how I cough and sneeze. Oh, that's upsetting. I'm, I'm very sorry. You must be ill. Yes, I uh, I had some bad gator, uh, and I got the gator flu. What? Is there such a thing as good gator? Oh, gator is almost exclusively good, but sometimes it gets We spent time infected. together in Louisiana, and you didn't take me to eat gator? Can you imagine how excited I would be if you had brought that up? Now I'm just angry because I don't have an alligator around. Well, um, I wanted to make it a surprise, but uh, I talked to some of your dogs outside. Um, really? Yeah, so, uh, you know, they're walking around the high So you legs. speak dog? Well, I mean, I, you know, they speak English, and uh, I could figure out what they were doing by their gesticulations. Ah. And, uh, I their English is getting better. It's, honestly, for a dog, it is wildly good. But they was walking around on their hind legs wearing those little tuxedos, and uh, I, well, um... If you want to call them, I believe they might have a plate full of good gator and catfish and some hush puppies. No, you yeah. dog you. And I mean that in a good way. Oh, thank you, you so much. You dog you. Uh -oh. well, we went over how you mean dog when you say it. Oh. Moxie. 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 
Get in here. You got some food for me, girl? That's right. Oh, excellent. Yeah, you want to... Oh, that looks delicious. Yeah, well, just, wow. Moxie, right. if you could leave the plate down yes. there on the table. Thank you, Moxie. That's well done. Well done. You got such a good dog. Look yeah. at that. And you know... Look what Tyler has done with the, uh, the, the reduction on top of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, is a uh, Bayou Water Glaze. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Yeah, Bayou Water is both, uh, if you cook it down, it uh, becomes a, it's almost like a balsamic reduction. Really? Yes, and then, um, of course, if you drink it straight, it is a powerful alcoholic. The Bayou Water is alcoholic. All gators are drunk as hell. That explains quite a bit about their behavior. What about mm-hmm. crocodiles? Crocodiles? Well, uh, we don't have many of them in, in, in the part of Louisiana that I am at. Oh. Right, right. I'm just saying, like, are crocodiles drunk all the time as well? What's the difference there? Well, it depends on the, uh, the family history. <laughs> Alligators have no choice, but crocodiles, if, you know, Papa was drinking too much of the whiskey, they might fall into drink. <laughs> Seems like they don't really fall in the drink. It seems like they kind of live in the drink. Oh, that was a, that was very funny. Oh, I always forget how funny you are, because normally you call me a dog fucker, tell me I'm a goddamn piece of shit. I'm sorry about that. You know that we're friends, and it's just the way I talk to people. Oh, no, I figured that out after the second day you was down to buy you, and you pulled out that shotgun, and you showed me how uh, pretty bullets was, and you called me a goddamn cockfucker. Listen, you have to understand that sometimes I don't recognize you immediately. No, and I can't hold the draw, acid in yeah, the mescaline. Yes, exactly, and I will draw my guns, or sick my dog. It was wild how many guns you and your dogs always had on them. My dogs are well-armed. It's wild. They all have ankle holsters. <laughs> they have ankle holsters. They have vests that have six different pistols in them so that they don't have to reload. They can just fire six shots each, each hand, each paw, and drop a man dead. I wish my catfish was that well-trained. They all have just have sticks. They've sharpened to a point. <laughs> That's, uh... Not very effective memes. No, they get eaten by the gators quite a bit. <laughs> oh, that's what they're defending themselves against. Ah, of oh, yeah. course. Yes, gators eat catfish. Yeah, the gators love the catfish. They love filling those little bones out of their mouth. <laughs> of did, course. Did you know that uh, gators are where we learned how to noodle for catfish? What is noodling? Oh, no. Oh, I I'm you, a wolf man. I I'm a dog man. Asked. I'm not a fish man. So noodling is where uh, a Louisiana, a wonderful Cajun gentleman, will um, he'll walk up to a big rock with a big old catfish right under it, and he'll go down there and he'll finger it <laughs> for a little bit. He'll just run his fingers around there and he'll bite on his hand pretty gently and he'll grab it by the top of his mouth, kind of like a fish hook, <laughs> and he'll pull it out and he'll go, "I do look at this little catfish that I don't got." They all have much thicker accents than I do. You disturbing. Is gross. Why do they call it noodling and not like fingering or 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 <laughs> hand hooking? <laughs> Some, something not that doesn't evoke the feeling of overcooked pasta. Well, they did used to call it finger banging, but then it took on a different connotation. Ah, yes, I understand that. Uh, yeah, yeah, finger no- guns came about, and yeah, that yeah. was finger banging then. Well, that also the way people finger vaginas. <laughs> you so, know, when a nice cage man's going nuts on a pussy. <laughs> Sorry, I'm coughing real bad right this, now. This episode, I will say, this this first episode, I was 
planning on keeping the cursing to a minimum. Oh, I'm so sorry. You do say goddamn and dog fucker uh, constantly. I do say goddamn and dog fucker constantly, and I have been saying them this entire episode, so (laughs) I suppose suppose we can drop that uh, veneer of friendliness, uh, of of, of relatability, not not friendliness, you know. God damn, I'm getting frustrated. I can't even fucking remember my words. Well, you just took another, you just grabbed two full mushrooms out of your pocket and Absolutely. I'm going to gobble them down right this moment. God damn it. It looks a lot like a gator when it gets a catfish and it throws it up in the air like a dolphin Uh, playing with a a little SeaWorld ball. It tastes like dust. Yeah, they don't taste good. No, they don't. Uh, I believe it's time that we actually began the story proper. Oh, yeah. Do you want to take the lead on that? And I will, of course, pitch in when it is appropriate. Yes. My Cajun friend. No, thank you. You can call me Chris of the Gumbo if you want. I would like to call you Chris of the Gumbo. Go right on ahead. You can also call me Chris of the, uh, Bayou. You can call me Chris of the Rue. You can call me Chris of the Crawfish. <laughs> Not options, I'm just saying. Chris Gumbo and I. Yeah, thank you. Are about to recount one of the more interesting stops that I had across this great country of ours in, uh, the great state of Louisiana. Remember, this is a great country, not run by great people. Keep that in mind. And again, keep in mind that I was also high as balls this entire time and riding my dog sled through this nation in the dead heat of July. There was no snow at all. No snow, never. There's so rarely snow in the bayou, I will say. Louisiana was difficult. Uh, Normally, I can get by just going down sidewalks with the dogs pulling a sled behind it and just shooting sparks everywhere, but all the bayous in Louisiana made it quite difficult to get around because the dogs, while they can swim, have a hard time towing the uh, entire sled behind them. That's very true. Well, that's why I had to hook them up with those big fans and uh, those like, little water skis. Uh, and so the floaties. Know. The floaties as well definitely helped. Well, the, the floaties was more on account of how we got a lot of drowned children in the bayou, and uh, those floaties will just come right on up to your, you know, you'll be doing a big old craw- crayfish cookout, and then uh, you'll get a bunch of floaties coming up to your dock. And uh, I figured they'd look cute on the little pupples. They did. They looked very adorable indeed. You know, the upsetting thing about those floaties coming to the surface is that they look like buoys, like little markers out in the ocean. But really what they are are tombstones for those drowned children in the bayou. And it it is important to remember that as they drowned, they probably consumed a lot of bog water. And those children almost definitely died drunk. Oh, oh, 100% they died drunk. Which is a godsend. In a way, I would rather the child died drunk. Oh, the main reason that all these children's dying is I don't know if you've been down to the bayous around Baton Rouge. You know I have. You've helped me through it. <laughs> I meant, like, if you have not been there before, which I also know is, I'm, this is more of me talking to the people at home. Um, If you have not been down to the bayou uh, around uh, by, uh, Baton Rouge way, um, the, 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 the bat mitzvah, uh, the bar and bat mitzvah ceremonies, uh, the manhood and uh, womanhood ceremonies. Wahayim. Look, yeah, thank you so much, uh, I, I am not Jewish, but I do respect the faith. Um, 
I worship the swamp gods. <laughs> swamp thing, the god of the green. Oh. oh, yes, the god of the green, yes. But anyways, uh, the, the the ritual of uh, uh, of adulthood, um, to avoid any of the gender pronouns, um, is that you have to go out into the bayou and get a heavy intoxicated off the bog water and not to drown or be eaten by a gator. That would be bad. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, I drifted off there for a moment. Yes, well, I would like to... Well, you took another devil to that. <laughs> I, I, this one was folded into a paper crane, mm-hmm. uh, which means that it's the good shit. You got that whole briefcase full of uppers and downers, you know. Yes, yes, it is a, uh, <laughs> it's a briefcase that I stole from a Wall Street man when I was, uh, traveling through New York. Oh, that's, well, remember when we went through uh, what I call the New York or the swamp? The New York swamp is... God awful. And it's, it's just downtown New York. Yeah, it's just downtown New York. And we did. We, we took a quick little flight up there. <laughs> Which didn't, you know, you flew up there. I took the dog sled. Well, you. Uh, I refused to take commercial airlines. Well, you, uh, you tied a tether to, to the bottom of the plane. You were just dragging. Your plane was just dragging my sled behind it. Yeah, because I took my, uh, my, my seaplane with the banana boats uh, attached to the, the. So you could land it, you know. Right. Yes. And, uh, and we, you landed it right in the, uh, the, the harbor of New York right there. Oh, did you, oh, you thought that was the harbor? That's Times Square. <laughs> oh, you landed in Times Square. Well, I was pulled into the harbor oh, that's behind right. you. <laughs> yeah, that's it was a very right. long cord. Yeah, it was. Well, I mean, because we had to keep you on the ground. We were very insistent. I, I will not fly. Mm-mm. I won't do it. It's against God. I remember and what, I don't believe in God, but I do fear him. I do remember at one point you hit a, you know, we was dragging you. It's kind of like, um, water skiing, except there was a bunch of dogs with fans attached to their tails and skis on them. And just being dragged by leather straps. And, uh, one time you hit a pretty big swell in the ocean while I was dragging you behind and, uh, the, uh, uh, the, the sled itself kind of leapt out of the water and uh, caught a bit of air and you said, no, 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 and jumped right back into that water because you refused <laughs> to be in the air. Anything above three feet. I had to circle Three back feet is reasonable. Three feet of air is reasonable. Well, Anything above that is flying, and it spits in the face of birds. Yeah, it spits in the face of birds and God. I know you like the, you're fine with that three feet off the ground because you do love to dunk at a basketball. I'm a big basketball player. I, I've trained many of the dogs to play basketball with me, like Airbud. There is no rule against it. We're starting our own team. No, I, yeah, you. Uh, <laughs> That's part of why I was gra- uh, traveling across the nation was to find the state. To make the first official all-dog basketball team. Yeah, you was uh, making your uh, dog version of the Harlem Globetrotters. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I'm coughing again. No, no, I want them to actually compete in the NBA. Oh, well, then you shouldn't have trained them to do all those spinning tricks and uh, beat the Washington Generals. You're going to have good fundamentals. Well, yes, uh, you also had Tim Duncan, the big fundamental trainer in the um. Of course, Tim Duncan, great man. Loves a good gym. Oh, he loves a good gym. Greg Popovich is a wonderful coach, and I cannot believe that when you stopped in Texas, and I'm sure you'll talk about that later. I did stop in Texas. There are, there are two main stops that we took on this trip. Louisiana, Baton Rouge, Baton Rouge? specifically, and uh, Austin, Texas. Mm-hmm. Um, I do think it's very interesting that the two stop. You basically made a beeline down from the cold part of the United States on your dog sled. It went just straight to desert and buy you. I went all over. I uh, it was sort of serpentine, really. When you think about it, it was, it was a bit of an indirect path. I, again, 
I am operating this dog sled Speaking under of, massive doses of psychoactive chemicals. I mean, you just took more acid. I, I just, actually, this sorry, one was, was folded GHB? like a paper. Well, I took a shot of GHB, <laughs> yes. <laughs> took a shot of GHB, but I did wash that down with a nice uh, 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 full blotter sheet of acid folded up to look like a frog. Oh, oh, god damn, I'm thinking about frog legs now. Oh, frog legs are delicious. But I want to I wanna circle back just a little bit. Speaking of serpentine, how's that water moccasin bite doing? Not well. It's not good? I tried it's to not doing that, well. I tried to suck it out of that poison, but I just, your dogs kept biting my face and I got near your leg. Uh, they interpreted that as hostility. And I, of course, I flipped onto my back and let them sniff my crotch. No, it's turning purple. Uh, it seems to be shooting veins, uh, sort of... Sort Purple veins out of in spots away from the, the original bite mark. Oh, kind of like in um, Iron Man 2 when his chest thing is killing him. Very similar to that, yes. It seems to be shooting off like tendrils through my skin. That's, that's, you'll get that. That's what they call the good old water touch. Am I going to die from this water mountain bite? You'll either die or meet your version of God. That's what I'm hoping for. Yes, and I mean, with the amount of psychoactive you are putting into your body, fun fact. Fun fact. About anti-venom is that, um, while of course you can just use uh, the venom itself to treat the, the, you know, the venom you get from the snake bite, they, sometimes they'll just put a bunch of acid on top of it, and they'll treat it too. Are you talking about hydrochloric acid? Is, no, no, I'm talking about hydroperoxide or something. I'm talking about lysergic. Um, Interesting. They'll put it on the, uh, the wound, and it gets the platelets all high as fuck, and they... Uh, they forget how to kill. Fascinating. Yeah. Absolutely fascinating. It's sort of like St. John's Wort. Yeah, it's exactly like St. John's Wort. Interesting. Well, I, I believe... Another trick we learned from the Gators. Another <laughs> trick we learned from the Gators. The Gators are the originals. I fully believe in the whole reptile thing, by the way. Oh, you were describing that one trip you had with that attorney when you uh, saw everybody turn into big lizards and you was in that hotel bar. And I realized how much we had learned from lizards in our early formation as human beings and how much dogs had learned from lizards as well. Yeah, do you want to talk about the dogs for a minute? I feel like I I've... should probably talk about my dogs a little bit. For those of you who don't know, I am America's foremost sled dog trainer. I've been training sled dogs since I was 20 years old and... Uh, I've developed a, a series of different methods for training sled dogs, different pack structures, and different mm, disciplinary methods. Where also jails? Oh, I've only seen the one where you call them goddamn cockfuckles. Well, that's the only one you've seen because the others happen offsite. Well, that's what I was wondering about. Almost. I have a I have a, a pound. I believe is the proper terminology when it's dogs. But I'm going to need you to describe what it is, and then we'll decide if that is what a pound is. <laughs> I have a, a large farm up in uh, Anchorage, Alaska, mm -hmm. and uh, it's sort of my my base of operations. You know, it's where I go to recharge. When uh, I'm fortress not of solitude type situation. Yes, uh, fortress of, of fort. Mm. It's difficult okay. words for me to say. Fortress of solitude. Well, then I imagine it's a little bit hard to talk with all those bladders of acid on your tongue. <laughs> yeah, you got to leave them there for a little bit. But uh, up there in Anchorage, I I have my my little getaway, my 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 ranch. And I, uh, out there, I have my wife, my child, and... Oh, you have a family? I do, I do. I guess I have my wife, I have my child, uh, a couple of pets, you know, the goats and chickens, such. <laughs> and, uh, and then I also have the larger area, the, um, the compound behind the, the actual farm, the, uh, the concrete structure, 
Uh, mm -hmm. Jangling fences and all that. That's the pound. Are there guard That's towers the with uh, uh, dogs with high-powered rifles up there? Yes, there are, of course. There are watchtowers. Um, I would absolutely call that a jail and not a pound. When it's dogs, it's a pound. You're the dog expert. I do not want to tell you your opinion. Have you ever been to dog jail before? I don't think so. You've been to the pound to pick up a dog, though. Oh, no. I did have that one time where I was uh, down in the Bayou Rampata Rouge. They, um... Uh, well, you know, we are, we are a bit uh, uh, touchy on space, and um, one time I was falsely accused of um, killing or somebody's pet gator, and uh, we don't have a real jail down there, so they shoved me into a dog pound. They put me into a cell, and... Uh, See, at that point, I would call that dog pound a jail because it has a human inmate. Look, again, this is getting into semantics. I just, I'm interested in this compound that's right behind your pastoral life. Yes, yes. I have, I have my beautiful home with my ranch, my chickens, my, my, my adorable family, and my dog. What is the name of your wife and child? Uh, Genevieve and Rand. Rand. Rand? Genevieve and Rand. Yeah. I, I, that's for everyone to know. How's, uh, how'd you meet Genevieve? Genevieve and I met back when I was, uh, competing uh, exclusively in dog sled racing. Oh, yeah, you told me about that, where you did the idea, Rob, but you brought poison to the yes, sick children? Yes, I, I, I brought poison to sick children. One could call it poison, one could call it, you know, a psychoactive chemical that has massive benefits to the, uh, the minds of uh, those who take it uh, and uh, respect its true nature. But Ooh, yes, yeah. it was cyanide. Yeah, that's what I yes. yes, as long as you respect the poison, it is not poison, it is a powerful psychoactive experience. Oh, that's interesting. Well, I've never thought of it that way. I usually just try and avoid eating and drinking and whatnot poison. Aside from, of course, all the bayou water that I don't drink every day. I would certainly call bayou water poison. I call it delusional. Uh, that's fine by me. So, Anyways, did you want to hear more about my yeah, compound? Yeah, I want the, to hear about the compound, compound and the other ways that you... My uh, compound dog pound. Oh, I love that. Compound dog pound. Can we say it one more time? I'm going to say it one more time. Dog pound compound. Oh, dog pound compound. Oh, dog, dog, That works uh, slightly better if you flip it. Oh, that's... Compound dog pound. Compound dog pound. It's so dog good. Dog pound compound. It's like licking your fingers after having a nice hot hush of puppy. I love a good hush puppy. Do, do, did we ever eat that alligator that we had delivered, by the way? Oh, uh, yeah, you kept thinking that, uh, on account of the acid, I think you thought it was more acid. Oh, oh excellent. You did keep telling me I was eating acid as well. Well, because you were also eating a bone. <laughs> that is very and... true as well, yes. Uh, so this compound, the, the dog pound compound, it's uh, about three stories tall, cell blocks A, D, and C. Mm -hmm. um, and, of course, you skip B. You can't have dogs in B compound. They're, Why is that? Because <laughs> they'd all get stung. Oh, okay, so when you say That's a... It's a classic witticism right there. Of course there's a B compound. You had me going there because I don't know nothing about raising no dogs. <laughs> well, I know a lot about raising bees. Oh, you raise bees as well? Yes, on the on the farm, not in the compound. Oh, would you say that you have like a bee honey farm? <laughs> yes, I have a bee honey farm as well. Okay, yeah. Yes, it's, it's pretty much just for my family. We go through a lot of honey. For all the you know honey-based cocktails that we drink. Oh, of course. How old is your child? Are they drinking all these cocktails? My son is fifteen. Mm -hmm. Yes, and uh, he does not drink the cocktails. He drinks the mocktails. We make him mocktails that are honey-based. Um, so is we, that just like a cup of honey? It's basically a cup of honey. Yes. Delicious. Yes. Well, did you have more you want to talk about with the dog pound compound? You have them in cell blocks A, B, C, and D. Yes, I have four different. 
cell blocks and I do you use them for different types of disciplinary action? I do. There is... God, this is difficult to talk about without getting into, uh, well, sensitive information. I can see that you're, uh, you got some tears on the edge of your eyes right now. It's, uh, it's a difficult life, the life of a sled dog trainer. Mm-hmm. I don't like what I have to do to some of these animals, but it does help them, ultimately. I'm so excited to hear what you was doing to these animals, because I would love to be able to break in my catfish the same way. If you understand, mm-hmm. if you understand the pack mentality of these sled dogs, when you really bond them together and they learn to work as a team, Eagles. the only true form of punishment you can give them isn't taking away their food, isn't taking away their water. Eagles. It's taking away their pack. So beneath compounds A, B, C, and D is where the real training happens. You guys are so close to saying torture. <laughs> they're not tortured. I don't lay a hand on my dogs. I do isolate them. <laughs> Solitary confinement is the only true way to teach a dog a lesson. So when you said you use each cell block for a different type of disciplinary action, um, did you just mean you do different types of isolation in all of these places? Yes. Cell block A is straight isolation. No okay. windows, no bars in the doors, no no other dogs within smelling distance. Oh, by bars in the doors, you mean like a standard cell block? Yes. I thought you meant like no locks. <laughs> no, there are locks. There okay. is a heavy metal door, but it is a bleak concrete room that the dog is shoved into. I don't know if I could do that with a catfish. So what do you do in cell block B? <laughs> cell block B is where we put the dogs in isolated flotation tanks. Hmm, this is peaking my interest. It's the ultimate form of isolation. No sound carries, no smell carries. The water is set to their body temperature, so they don't quite feel anything around them anymore. And on top of that, they're also... The water is salt water. It's very dense salt water, so they float in the water. And essentially, it creates a, a feeling of, of total ego death within these dogs. And that is the ultimate punishment when they lose perspective of who they are within their pack. Now, wh- what I want to ask you is, A, these are sensory deprivation tanks that you're putting these dogs in. Yes, I, I am putting, is, yes, isolation tanks. I think that is a, uh, interesting. Um, but the next question I want to ask is, you're talking about ego death being the worst thing that can happen to a dog. And, um, <coughs> Gator. And, um... I've been watching you sell for yourself some uh, complete ego death the entire time I've known you. I don't recognize you anymore. My name is Cajun Chris, so Creole Chris. Uh, no, Cajun Chris, yes. La I la bon temps roulette. Okay, I remember you now. I still don't recognize your face. Well, that is, of course. It's all twisted and, yeah. and wrong. Well, then also you've been looking at my feet. <laughs> mm-hmm. Anyways, yes, those are the two cell blocks. Okay, um, so there's C. There's A, B... C and D. Yeah, so what's happening in C? C. Because I don't know if the sensory deprivation will work for my catfish. I think they'll like it too much. Well, it is water. Uh, salt water wouldn't be good for catfish, though. Yeah, but they love floating. <laughs> <laughs> I think your catfish may be dead. Well, Fish only love to float when they're dead. A catfish, uh, they, act, they, they, they are bottom feeders, but also sometimes they flip on their back and they float on the top of the... Oh, really? Yeah. Well, see, this is something I didn't know. Again, dog and wolf man. Not really gotcha. a... Not really a uh, uh, fish person. Yeah, I believe they flip. They, they flip under their backs when they're under the. They're when trying they're, to get sunlight or something. Uh, something like that, I imagine, or they're trying to get like stuff from the the, the top of the wall. Um, but that's how they sit when they're under the rocks. And you got to finger bang them out. Right, right. When you're noodling. 
Oh, yeah, that's right. Sorry, I, I forget sometimes. Did we want to talk about our, our fishing experience that we had in Louisiana? Oh, my God, I would love to talk about it. But first, I'm going to need to hear what C and D are. <laughs> oh, you mean the different cell blocks with different mm-hmm. uh, isolation? Yes. Well, cell block C is actually beneath the entire facility. <laughs> okay, so just do it. go back over it. You have the main dog pound compound. Yes. And then under the main floor of the cell blocks, you have um, A, B, C, and D. And then below A, a B, and D is where C is. Yes, C is the lowest compound. Or, right. or the lowest part of the compound. Yes. Uh, D is actually somewhere in the middle as well. <laughs> Oh, like Dante's Inferno. <laughs> I'm sorry, Dante's what? Inferno. I'm not familiar. I've read the Divine Comedy, but uh, I'm I'm not familiar with Dante's Inferno. Yeah, I know you. Uh, is the Dante's Inferno? Is that what you're trying to say? Yeah, a, yeah. You're wrong. I'm right. The pronunciation is Dante's Inferno. We're saying the same thing. Let's agree to disagree. Yeah, and it's the book where the Italian man meets all the gators and catfish. <laughs> I, uh... So, so, cell, so block, cell block C. <laughs> cell block C is beneath the compound. About, uh, I would say 10 stories down. Oh, wow. Yes. 100 feet? 100 feet down. And, uh, that's, uh... We've got the flotation tanks down there as well, but they're in large water tanks as well. So you understand they're, we, they are isolated within isolation tanks. And then those flotation tanks are floated within much larger tanks of water. So functionally not that different. <laughs> Honestly, it's more of an experiment than anything else. We were trying to see if it would make them twice as ego dead. Okay. And um, uh, the reality is it doesn't change anything at all. Because oh, all right. they're already floating. Yeah, of course. Yes. It so does not create block any different. D. <laughs> cell block D, I'm a little embarrassed about. And, uh. Do tail. Well, that's where we tortured the dogs. All right. <laughs> uh. I may not have been entirely faithful or truthful. Look, no judgment here. I've been torturing people left and right. What, we're we're going to go back for a second because I was actually wrong. I was lying. I, me too. Cell Block D is not actually uh, a torture facility. I'm going to start back from, so Cell Block D, how about that? Sure. How about you start with that? So I want to hear about Cell Block D. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> well, Cell Block D I am a little embarrassed about. It is the, the rehabilitation area. Uh, You're embarrassed about rehabilitation? I am embarrassed about rehabilitation. God, when you said you was embarrassed, I, would, I thought you said something like it was where you tortured a dog. No, no. Again, I, 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 I don't lay a hand on these dogs. I do curse them out quite frequently. Yeah, and, they, I, and they, of course, understand English, so they mm-hmm. take it hard. But, uh, yes, no, I, I don't. I mean, I have one of them valet my car when I go out here. Yes, uh, that would be Tommy. Mm-hmm. He's, he's very good. So rehabilitation, and how does that work with the dog? Well, it's mostly an exercise routine. It's mostly training them to walk on their hind legs and get them, you know, back into the mindset of I'm a dog who is commanded properly and I do services for my master. Oh, so it's a re-education through labor? I would call it something like that, yes. But, uh, you know, labor as in lifting weights. Okay, yeah. Well, that, you know... Uh, Cell Block D is essentially just an extended gym facility. No, of course. Yes. 
Well, uh, now that I know all of these things, I think that I will just um try and rehabilitate my calf fuel. And um, you're not gonna try one of the flotation tanks? No, again, they already live in water. <laughs> yeah, that's a very fair point, I suppose. Um, but what I wanted, uh, but you want to talk about the fishing trip we do on tour? We should probably talk about the fishing trip we had down in Baton Rouge. Oh, uh, sorry, uh, what were you trying to say? We should talk about the fishing trip we took down in Baton Rouge. What was that last one? Baton Rouge. I can't, are you talking, are you trying to say Baton Rouge? Yes, yes, that's what I was trying to say. Oh, yeah, of course, of yes. course. We yeah. should talk about the fishing trip that we had down in Baton Rouge. Oh, thank you. Now you almost speak in my language. But, um... I yeah. try and assimilate. But, yeah, the fishing trip we took where we was... We was hunting down those, uh, dastardly crayfish-eating motherfuckers. Uh, the name of which is... Bayou Akuda. <laughs> Sorry, a Bayou Akuda? Bayou... Do you not remember the Bayou Akuda? I... <laughs> I don't remember it being referenced as such. Again, psychoactive chemicals. I certainly remember seeing a goddamn monster in the water and saying, we got to kill that thing if that's the last thing we goddamn do. Yes, well, so that was actually not one of the Bayacudas. Um, Because if, oh, you, if you remember correctly... I'm sorry, I thought that was the Bayacuda. No, if you remember correctly, the Bayacuda, they look like minnows. Um, <laughs> oh, they're, they're much smaller fish that I called goddamn animals. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, um, you know, I was out there with my fishing line, and then you uh, had that dynamite that you brought. Yes, I always carry high explosives with me. You never know when you'll need it to clear a path for your dog sled. Unfortunately, you'd used up all the dynamite, and with all those dead fish floating on the top of the water, we had that dastardly, dastardly monster that you, as you called it, which was a gigantic gator. Beast. It was, uh, that's actually the uh, alligator that orphaned me when I was 10 years old. Oh my goodness, I'm so sorry. Are you still an orphan? Yeah, yes, I'm still an orphan. They did not come back out of his gullet. I'm sorry to hear that. And they both my parents in one fell swoop. Never got adopted again, huh? No, no, that's when I went to North Carolina because I had to go work on a derail road. When did you come back to Louisiana? Uh, when I was 18. Oh, wow. Once I was no longer worried about becoming a ward of the state. So you lived in North Carolina for a solid eight years. Eight years, oh, yeah. That's interesting. That's fascinating. North Carolina, great place, I suppose. Yeah, I was Can't in Can't say I've ever been through there on my travels. No, no, we. I did drag you actually through the Outer Banks on the plane. Really? No, yeah, really? Yeah, yeah. I did not even realize that. That's, no, that's, that's when you got hit. You got hit in the face with that branch and passed out for two hours. <laughs> oh, oh, yes. But I did drag you through there. Oh, I, uh, I'm so bruised from that still. You My look, entire man. body is a wreck. Uh, so, hunting down the goddamn beast. Yeah, uh, Mr. Pickle, as I call him. Mr. Pickle. Yeah, you've seen gators, you yes. know how their skin looks all pickly. Yeah, it's all bumpy and green like a... Like a pickle. Like a pickle. That yes. drunk motherfucker. Uh, so, of course, we have established that all crocodiles are drunk. All alligators oh, are drunk. Pardon me. All crocodiles. crocodiles it depends it on depends. their family history. Yes, that is that is correct. Yes, yeah. yes. But, yeah, so we was hunting down. And, I mean, you know, I know you have trouble remembering some things, but you laid loose a series of such powerful insults at this um, gator. If you could... I mean, if there's any way you remember any of those, I would love to hear that again. I think I said something along the lines of, Die, you cock-sucking pig-fucking bastard, you little trip, you little absolute 
donut, you cretin, you fucking fool. You fucking cretin, you fool. Yeah, you said that refrain of cretin and fool for about a full ten minutes, and I think it don't confuse Mr. Pickle. <laughs> I remember his tail rearing up above his head. Yeah, Coming down like a scorpion's... Yeah, what, what would you call it? A stinger? Yes. Coming down like a scorpion's stinger and impaling one of my dogs. It's and the that, sharpest tail I've ever seen on a goddamn alligator. That was sad. <laughs> and it punctured that floaty, and I felt pain for that lost child's soul. And it punctured that dog's lung as well. Yeah, and... and that's I watched what we- it sputter and die as it bled out into the bog water. Its wounds being disinfected by the Alcohol. alcoholic content of the bog water. But it is when we came up with that idea um, to, uh, I took my twenty-two caliber rifle and we, um... And I pulled out my forty-five magnum handgun. Yes. Uh, I will say the forty-five magnum was a bit more effective because what we did is we pushed uh, the weakest of your dogs into yes. the alligator's mouth and it blew it up like a... <laughs> like a <laughs> Again, all the dogs are rigged with explosives. You never know when you'll need to clear a trail yeah, or th- sacrifice one of your dogs. Yeah, because that gator had hopped up on the back of the boat, and it uh, started to swallow that uh, that dog you named Quinn. Yes, it was, it was swallowing my dog Quinn. Uh, <laughs> I miss that dog. He had dark eyes, like like a, like, do- like, a, like a doll's eyes. Yeah, like a doll's eyes. Like a dog's eyes. Like a dog's eyes, yes. I miss that dog. But uh, it had to be done. What had to be done had to be done. Yes, and uh, Mr. Pickles is now dead. Mr. Pickles is now in pieces. He's now no longer Mr. Pickles. He's Mr. Relish. Oh, that was a good one. You smiled so big when you told it. I'm impressed that you can see my smile from behind this microphone, graciously provided to us by Creature Comfort Comedy Productions. I bet you can find him on Instagram at Creature Comfort Comedy and Twitter at CC Comedy. You could, yes. Well, I mean, of course, I believe you can find each of them on Twitter themselves as um, at Climb the Pole for Edward and um, at Benton Crider for Ben. And then on uh, Instagram, you can find them both by their names. Um, but no, what I wanted to say is uh, the other big surprise I had for you as far as that gator you're eating right now. I'm sorry. It's delicious. I couldn't keep myself away from it. No, no, absolutely. I wanted you to eat it. That is, in fact, what was left over of Mr. Pickles. That was Mr. Pickles. Yeah, that's Mr. Relish. That well, eating. that is a really keen surprise then. Yeah, that's uh, you're partially eating my decomposed payrolls. <laughs> oh, I suppose we're also partially eating my poor, poor dog, Quinn. Yeah, that's pretty sad now that I think about it. Yeah. Are you okay? Have you depressing. That? Um, not really. Not really. No, I uh, I think I may need to lie down for a little while uh, before I continue the rest of this podcast. Well, Would I, you... Um, I believe I saw that guest waiting outside. Yes, I, I have my other friend that I met in Texas, and while I love having you on the show, Cajun Chris, uh, this is... You, remember, you can call me Chris the Gumbo. Chris Gumbo. It, Thank you. It has been lovely having you on the show, but I uh, I think it is time that uh, we take a short break because I uh, the room is absolutely spinning and I am losing my slipping sanity. Wow, that took you a full forty five minutes to say. I am not doing well. It's okay. That water moccasin bite is throbbing. You know? It's getting larger by the moment. I believe you was about to uh, read a passage from one of your books to lead us into the break. It was after midnight when I finally was able to talk and move around, but I was not free of the dogs. They had come into my bedroom and were staring at me, their keen eyes sparkling in the darkness like tigers dancing in the dark. 
And that was the moment I realized that they were hungry for my flesh. Wowzers, that's powerful. Thank you. Uh, yeah, Let's take Chris, a it's time to go. All right, bye-bye, everybody. If you want to come down to occasional Chris's Bayou Explosion, you can find me at 1-800-BATTLE. God damn it, man. This week's episode of Between the Lines is brought to you by Wife Guys Burgers and Fries. Um, this is uh, a finally, I know you're saying, a restaurant I can relate to. This is, of course, uh, a place you go where there are wife guys just flipping and slinging burgers and friggin' fries, dude. Um, you know, you got I Love My Curvy Wife Guy. You have the uh, Please Don't Email My Wife Guy. You have um, Gamer Wife Guy. And then, of course, you also have my favorite, um, and a little spoiler alert, it is me, and that is, of course, uh, please do email my wife. I would love it if you could email her. Um, you know, it's it's not so much a cucking situation as it is a, I need some some strong man, woman, non-binary person, whoever, to come to my house and just do, like, work, because I don't, I'm a worthless, I'm a pitiful worm, and uh, my wife deserves better than me, but I'm not going to get a divorce because uh, I, I truly don't have the wherewithal and courage to do so and do not know how to live on my own so I'm not I'm not doing that but this ad's not really about me this ad is about wife guys burgers and fries um now why are all these wife guys slanging burgers and fries you made at uh, may ask might ask <laughs> whatever and the answer is because the pun um you know, we considered a couple of different business ideas because, of course, as wife guys, we all get in contact with each other. Um, and mostly just, it's almost like competitively talking about our wives. You know, I love my curvy wife guy just never stops talking about it. You know, he's like, they made fun of me for loving chunky girls. And it's like, hell yeah, dude, pat yourself on the back. Your wife is just an object to uh, compare yourself against other guys with. Um, same with all of them. Um, as a wife guy, uh, we live in the shadow of our wives to the point that they are no longer a human being and that's awesome but we had we had a couple of ideas um you know we were gonna be like a moving company uh but that didn't work out because uh none of us we're all we have such weak arms and i have brittle bones like a little bird uh you know we considered trying to do like a car rental thing um the only problem being that of course none of us could get into a car because we kept all holding the door open for each other um as if we were each other's wives and so that one never really got off the ground so we went to uh slinging burgers and fries for the, the pun and you should come on down we uh, got a D on the health code um, none of us wear hair nets and we all and we'll burn your burger generally because we're too busy uh, talking about our wives of course they are not allowed in the restaurant because we don't want them being ogled by other men um, we're doing that for their safety and their protection um, because we are the ones that matter Come on down to Wife Guys Burgers and Fries. Um, yeah, uh, and we, we're running a special discount. If you come in and yell, my wife, uh, we'll give you a half off. All right, have a good day. I took a nap and three hits of fine Colombian cocaine, and I'm ready to do the second half of this podcast here. Let's get it going. Here's a little reading from the same book that I've been reading so far. When we got to Austin, Texas, I parked on the street in front of a casino around the corner from the parking lot. No point in risking a scene in the lobby with all the dogs, I thought. No one would react well to a series of twelve immensely drunk dogs, all faded off bog water. 
So, of course, I left them in that parking lot, and I went inside to the desk, blasted on my mind on ether and a series of psychoactive chemicals. I came up to the front desk, and the man looked like a, a shining wolf in the bright lights. And that's when I passed out on the floor, and the dogs came for me. Pretty good, pretty good stuff that I've written there. I, 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 uh, not to toot my own horn or anything, but I think that's a pretty fantastic passage. It really shows the depravity of my American journey of dog sledding. Again, to reintroduce this podcast, this is Fur and Loathing. Uh, I am Walto, the sled dog trainer. You may know me from my books that I've written uh, about training dogs, alphas for alphas, all that business. Uh, I'm sure you're familiar. I am currently also blasted on my mind out of psychoactive chemicals, so do bear with me if I uh, wander off. The second stop on my journey, as I mentioned just now, was uh, Austin, Texas. A real, a metaphorical swamp this time. All fake people, all walking around, looking at me. Just because I was trailing a shower of sparks as I was towed by my twelve angry dogs through the streets of Austin, Texas. I did meet one man while I was there. He does not live in Austin, Texas. He lives elsewhere in Texas in a small town known as Alamo underscore Gordon. Uh, as it was originally two towns that were fused together. And this town has a, a tragic history behind it. If you're familiar with Alamogordo, it was uh, the test site for... Uh, Is, uh, for the... Can I speak? Yeah, please speak. Actually, I, I, I am a little out of my depth. I'll, uh, depth. I'm a little out of my depth. I'll just introduce my, my guest here, the man that I met in Austin to speak with about the tragic... Events that happened in Alamo Gordo, Alamo underscore Gordon. Pardon me. Uh, this is Sheriff Bramblepatch. Howdy there, uh, Sheriff Bramblepatch. I, uh, as he was talking about Alamo underscore Gordon, it's a town close to the uh, Trinity test site where uh, on July seventeenth, nineteen forty-five, oh five thirty hours, they uh, they detonated what they were calling the gadget. Right. The original nuclear bomb. Yes, first test they did. And uh, and you were there to see the uh, the real-life effects of that bomb, correct? You were you were actually active sheriff during... Well, at the time, I, uh, I was but a deputy. Uh, right. I gained my sheriffhood. How uh, old were you when you were a de- deputy? Let's see, that was 1945. It's 2019 right now. And I'm not 100, so I was about... I'm going to say 13. You were 13, and you were a deputy, deputy with the uh, the Alamo underscore Gordon. <clears throat> Pardon me. Yeah, uh, my, uh, my mouth is full of blotter acid at this moment. Well, I'm sure, you know, uh, I did watch you do all that cocaine. I'm sure you got quite a dry mouth. <laughs> all those dabs and all that coke. All those dabs. All that coke. But well, I, I don't mean to speak over you. This is your time. Uh, I met up with you in Austin, Texas, uh, because it was... Well, it was closer, and I didn't really want to go down to Alamo Gordon. Alamo. Alamo und- I, I, I always forget that you have to say the underscore out loud. Uh-huh. Uh, well, because it was um, to, to give a bit of backstory for the people before we get to um, our meeting. 
I'm sure we'll talk a little bit more about this later, but just, uh, well, just so people know, um, Alamo underscore Gordon uh, was originally two separate unincorporated towns. Uh, there's Alamo, there's Gordon. We joined it by one street, named it Alamo underscore Gordon. It was within a uh, So is that one street called underscore street then? Uh, I suppose it is. It wasn't much for names back then. Interesting. Yeah, I mean, it was just two towns, just existing what's the need for much name past that you know i understand i don't believe in borders yeah anyhow we met up in austin texas we met up in austin texas and um you met me at my hotel in the casino well yeah well i mean first first thing i i I saw you was skating down the i saw sparks flying off the highway i was looking up i was thinking maybe i was gonna see face of god I followed Sparks down. I saw you screaming along the highway like a bat out of hell. Just yes, and I was Sparks literally screaming as well. Absolutely. Top of your lungs. Top of my lungs, shouting at people as they looked at me as I passed by because they knew what was going on. And I saw you there, and, you know, you'd already got in contact with me and told me to meet you at the hotel casino. And I, uh, I believe I also told you to arm yourself when you joined me. Yeah. I had to break out of the old revolver. Break out the old holster. That was for your own safety, you have to understand. I understand. Sometimes, I mean, we live in a... Violent, dangerous society full of... It's a dog-eat-dog world out there. It is. It's. Um, I have watched dogs eat dogs. <laughs> I've watched. That's what Floor D is all about. Things about... Yeah, I remember you telling me all about those... Uh, My cell blocks, tanks yes. And such, yeah. yes. But, um, yeah, no, I came armed, you know, came strapped to get ready and uh, I mean you know it's been so long since I put it on but I put it on and I felt the weight of that iron on my hip and I thought back into the world of depravity this ain't a country for me I'm an old man and uh, the clothes I wear are built for something more alive it feels like a skeleton well your boots are made for walking uh, they are well they're made for walking they're made for riding I mean that's just what they do but um, yeah, I met up with you in the hotel, and uh, of course, I had a gun ready, pointed straight at the door as I opened it, yeah, just I mean, in you, case you weren't who you said you were. I mean, you clipped me in the shoulder with it. Listen, I, you can't be too careful these days. I understand. There's a lot of people out there who fuck dogs, yeah. both metaphorically and literally. Dog yeah. fuckers. I actually um, sitting right next to your book on my bookshelf because, of course, I have Alphas for Alphas. So excellent, like excellent. It's how I mean. Good reading, isn't it? It is. It's how I. It's how I met you. you. It's it's part of the reason we got in contact. But uh, right next to your book on that shelf, I have this one. It's uh, thirty recipes or something. It's from this guy Tony Danza. Found out later. The actor. uh, No, the the uh, man from uh, Who's the Boss? No, uh, Tony Danza, the uh, famous Tony Danza, we all know and love. Oh, the celebrity chef. Celebrity chef. Yes, they are very talented celebrity chef at that. Yeah, but um, I've heard that he's a he's dog fucker now. Yes, uh, unfortunately, I've. I've been up on his habits. Yeah. Yes, I've I've seen the tabloids. It just feels like every day we slip farther and farther away from, I don't even know if it's God's light, but some sort of light. Again, I don't believe in God, but I do fear him. That's fair. I don't know if I believe in anything at this point. Well, we should probably recount our experience in Austin, Texas. You drove me down from there to uh, Alamo underscore Gordon to see the uh, the results of those test explosions. 
Well, and of course, when I was driving you down, by driving you, you do mean that I had attached. You drove the dog sled. I Well, I had my car, and I attached my trailer hitch to the uh, lead dog on a dog sled. And, and they just ran right behind it. Ran right behind they it. They kept up the whole time. I was impressed. They're, I mean, I guess those uh, isolation blocks do a lot. Rehabilitation is key. It is, absolutely. I am embarrassed by it, but it is key. Anyways, yeah, we got you down to Alamo under, I mean, at this point, we still call it Alamo underscore Gordon, but might as well just be uh, Gordon at this point. The Alamo is basically gone. Yeah. But we're supposed to remember the Alamo. I can't forget it. In Alamo underscore Gordon. I mean, how are you going to forget it with all those, all those glass statues sitting there, dead eyes staring right at the sky? I just... You may think he's talking about a, a, a tourist stand or something selling trinkets, but... He's talking about the populace of Alamo underscore Garden, because when those bombs went off, they uh they turned the populace into glass. The explosion was so fierce that it melted the sand and encapsulated them, and they died. All there's something gasping for air within glass coffins. There's something almost supernaturally evil in that blast, because all that glass it uh came alive. We had to fight for our lives. We talked about this before. A glass came to life, brought buildings and bicycles, street lamps into absolute raving monstrous maniacs. I don't want to talk about that too much. Um, I I I understand. I I was uncomfortable going down to actually see the aftermath, but it had to be done. It's part of my exploration of America. That is a little moment in America's history because it was the first time that we detonated a nuclear bomb and it was also the first time that we brought an inanimate object to life. Mm-hmm. And, uh, oh, I mean, and, and I br- I've talked about it at length on uh, the other connection that we share, which is we've both been on the uh, news program uh, Between the Lines. Right, yes, Between the Lines, yes. Yeah, I, an excellent program. I brought it up there, but um, what I wanted to talk about, or what we spent most of the time talking about um, once I got past some of that history was the effects seeing all that had on me you know the shadows blasted onto walls and just the way they danced in the darkness souls just dancing that moonlight and i think maybe they're in a better place now well i believe that as well i think they're up there they're feeling warm and bright stars in the sky staring back down on us wondering what we're still doing here Uh, it's a fine and natural sight well while we're doing what we're doing here but uh i took you out to uh bat cave the bat cave, yes. A cave I, full of bats. I, I could not handle it in the state I was in. I had taken a full blotter of acid, of course, folded up to look like a, a little man with a gun. Mm-hmm. And I, I had taken that, and by the time we got to the cave, the world was malleable. I, I felt like Plastic Man in a certain way. I felt like I was bending and twisting, and I couldn't quite handle myself. And as we approached the entrance of the cave, they burst out all those bats. They flew in a great gray cloud. And at that moment, I lost my mind. I would say that you lost your mind well before that. Especially on account of how, I mean... What are you trying to say there? Well, I mean... I won't... uh, This is my program, damn it. I will not... I'm starting to throw things. I'm getting so mad. I'm sorry. It's all right. Listen, this is my goddamn program, and I won't have a pig in here talking trash about my program. I mean, if you can't handle the truth, I won't tell it to you. If handle you wanna, the truth, you can't handle the truth. 
All right, I don't get that, but well, you, uh, yeah, that's fair. You don't have much time for movies, do you? You're you're more of a contemplative man. Every day, but um, look, I can sit here and BS with you if you don't want to hear hard hard truths. But I'm not I'm not afraid of the truth. I understand truth to be the one true thing in this world. It's a bit of a tautology, but I understand what you're saying. But no, I, I I'd say that you lost your mind that day far before we ever got to the cave. I absolutely lost my mind in the morning, but that was also I lost my mind again. When well, those bats came flying out of the cave. Well, so that's what I want to talk about is I took you down to the bat cave because I wanted to show you the still-preserved corpses of all those bats. Right. Nothing flew out of that cave. You started screaming about it being bat country and freaking out. That was... You clocked me right That was in all face. in my head? Yeah, most of it. I mean... Wow. Uh, we live in a world of shadows. I mean, what's in our head might as well be reality, I guess, but... That is a very fair point. This world is dark and twisted. But you did punch me so hard in the face. Uh, I have to apologize about that, but I don't feel too bad about punching a police officer. You, Yeah, you kept bringing that up, too. I kept calling you a goddamn pig. I remember that part at the very least. Yeah, I mean, you've done it today already. Yes, I just did it. And I, I again, apologize because you've been indispensable in my travels throughout uh, the state of Texas. But, uh, again, you know, you are a member of law enforcement. And while you may be one of the good ones, so to speak, I... Uh, Systemically, there is a problem. A cab, I get that. <laughs> but um, no, I uh, I understand where you come from. Look, I got no ego. I understand. I mean, I uh, definitely don't have an ego anymore. You kept talking about your ego death, but no, I mean, you seen all the darkness I seen. I mean, what the what's the point of law at a certain point? Well, we're just protecting what sanity. Hell, I most believe laws that's I've the idea. Society cannot exist without some kind of rules. I guess, but, I mean, it's already all unordered. It just feels like enforcing those laws is enforcing that chaos at a certain point. I understand. But um, It's a difficult thing to grapple with. I'd like to return to the subject of Alamo underscore Gordon. Well, I was wondering if you want to talk about that. Because, uh, I mean, you know, we, we toured around. We I showed you some of the sites, the Main Street, the glass, but... Um, uh, if you wanted to go ahead and get into the, the, the main adventure we had where we found all those pickup trucks riddled with bullet holes. Right. Yes. The massive bag of money. Mm-hmm. That was, uh... Which you immediately, of course, you did a line of coke. And just I did a line of coke on the bag of money and I said, God damn, this is the day. This is it. We've landed. And you grabbed the bag and honestly, I've never seen a person sprint so fast in my entire life. I can run when I when when I need to. I'm I'm limber. I'm gaunt, but I'm limber. You kicked up a cartoonish dust cloud. Looked like Wiley Coyote running away with a bag of money. Sometimes that's how I feel, like a Wiley Coyote writing signs. But um, you know, I caught up to you on the back of that dog sled, of course, and uh, we went back you know, later that night to see if we could find some. I guess evidence, some reason for all this. We found that one dog they had in the truck begging for water. Yeah. Sorry, I've been distracted. Nah, that's all right. But um, I didn't need much input anyways, just talking. We just found that dog, gave it some of that water. Then uh, yeah, we went off to my trailer. Um, yeah, it's going to sit on the front porch of that 
bag of money, you know. Again, I'm I'm a bit past enforcing laws. It's not a country for that really. But um, you know, we're sitting there telling everybody we got it from the getting place and uh and that man with a terrible haircut came by. The man with a terrible haircut. I mean, truly, what a bad Tell haircut. Tell me more about this this haircut. Oh, yeah, you was... I'm sl- referring to the man. It's a synecdoche. Yeah, absolutely. Um, synec- yeah. Tell me about this haircut of a man. He uh, honestly is the closest to the pointless pain and evil I saw after the Trinity Blast. Uh, just reasonless violence. I mean, what the hell is the money for? Your plan was just to burn it out in the middle of the desert? I don't respect capitalism. I think I've made that perfectly clear uh, money you, is the root of all evil and i thought if i took out this large of a chunk of money maybe i could make a difference in this system and i mean you yelled that at me full volume for hell i mean he's out there not that dark not that cold for so long you just yelling about that i think that might have been what attracted the attention i of the other dogs of the other dogs yeah yes yeah that was uh Probably not my finest shining moment. Uh, I do apologize for that, but when they drew on us, it was frightening. I will say you're good with that gun. You fired more than I've ever seen a six-shot revolver fire. and that's I go through about a case of bullets every day, whether I'm shooting just while I'm riding the, uh, riding the sled around the streets and I'm just firing in the air wildly or mm-hmm. whether I'm taking pot shots at targets. I'm usually shooting a gun. There it is impressive, really, but um. Anyways, I think all your cries and the again the just wholesale slaughter of them dogs. I think it put out that evil in the world. Got that haircut to come by. Uh, First thing we heard about him was he stopped at the uh, that gas station, made a man flip a coin for his life. I'm sorry, he made a man flip a coin for his life. What is he, Two Face? From Batman comics? I don't understand that. We have a lot of Batman touchstones going on here. I don't... Went to a bat cave. I I have no time for outside entertainment. You're I, not familiar with the works of Batman? No. The works of Bat... So he writes it? Well, I assume. I write stories about my life. How could you write a story that's not about your own life? I don't know. What is life? Aren't what we, is life? I mean, aren't we all running through somebody else's narrative? It's a, a transitory experience. That's all it is and nothing else. Yeah, I mean, we found out, a lot of people found out about how transitory and pointless it is. And that haircut came through. Just indiscriminate. Didn't care if you found the money or not, it seemed. Just killing. Just taking them down. I remember, I remember sitting there on that porch with you. Money burning right on my porch. Sipping a coffee. You taking just a full coffee cup of liquid acid. Liquid acid and rum. Sort of a tincture, if you will. I uh, need at least two of those in the morning to wake up. Yeah. We're sitting there. I swear to God, smoke from that money rising up in the skies like a shadow or something coming down. Remind me of those people's shadows blasted on the walls of the buildings. Sitting there blasted against the sky asking for something. Setting a signal to all the vultures out there. Sort of seems like they were asking for forgiveness in their own way. It's as if the money knew what it had done. Yeah. It, guilt. Green guilt. But that guilt led that... I mean, I cannot overstate how terrible that haircut was, but... It's as if it led him right to us. Yes. 
I mean, you shot him immediately. He made it. Because I think he was banking on the fact that most people's intrinsically ain't trying to take that shot. But I was prepared. He was uh, walking again, so is, slow. This is proof. This this is proof that I'm not paranoid. I'm just prepared. Because well, I, mean, I understand, you know, these people are out there. And just just because somebody looks like a, a bland man in a jean jacket with a bowl haircut doesn't mean that you shouldn't have a gun pointed at him the second you see that face. I mean, I, I don't know if I'd say it makes you completely not paranoid because you did take out three different Jehovah's Witnesses coming to my doorstep. I don't respect you. them. I don't believe in God. I do fear him. Right. I, I fear his followers as well. Right. I believe that. I understand that. I'm still, you know, I didn't arrest you there on the spot because, again, you know, what's law? What's it worth? Did. It felt funny, I will say, watching you kill those innocents. What do you mean it felt funny? It wasn't funny for me. It was terrifying. It wasn't humorous. Those people died, man. I don't mean it was funny. It felt like. Oh, not laughter funny. Yeah. No, I thought you were a much sicker man than you had let on for a moment there. I'm sorry. No, it, it felt weird. It felt something was wrong. A string right. got pulled that shouldn't have gotten pulled. I understand, yes. Those lives just treating up in the darkness. But again, I mean, you did kill that uh, that man with a terrible haircut. You remember when we went over to that body and we pulled a, that wig off and he just had like a totally normal like pompadour? Yeah, it was just a pretty normal haircut. Yeah, he's, did he think the haircut made it worse? Like, do you think that he thought that was some extra component of the evil? I couldn't rightly tell you. I think maybe it was a disguise. Maybe he was trying to hide the fact that he was actually not that creepy looking. I guess. I he was know. rather boring once he didn't have the wig on, but with Honestly, the wig, he was a little suspicious. I, f- I feel like it wouldn't have been nearly as um, I don't know, supernatural, I guess, if it's just a normal looking guy with a normal haircut. When he comes through in that jean jacket and that, again, weird garbage bowl cut. It Absolutely just, terrible. It felt bad. And we, unma- I mean, it also felt like we was unmasking like a, almost as if, I don't know why this is my, like the touchstone I'm going to for this reference. But when we went over there and took that, that wig off, it felt kind of like, in a sense, we was like a group of five or five teens and a dog. Pulling up in a van. Interesting. Off, uh, Mr. Jenkins feels like the right name. Old Man Jenkins, maybe. I thought you didn't have time for media. I, I don't. It's just, that's what I felt like we was doing. Interesting. Hmm. I'm sorry, I'm still trying to wrangle myself here a little bit. I took too much cocaine, so I had to slow down, drink some acid, a little bit of ether. Just taken straight to the face. My dogs have brought me so many drugs today. I did want to talk about your dogs for a minute. Would you like to speak about my dogs? Yeah, I just wanted to say I ain't never seen animals carrying so much heat. I don't trust a dog that doesn't have a gun. I'd say I'm I'm a little less likely to trust a dog once it's got a gun. I just... Why would you not trust a dog with a gun? I don't know. It feels like the worst parts of people having a gun is the animalistic instincts of it. Is avoiding all that morality and all that, you know humanity comes behind it you're just going pure id firing weapons up in the sky also they are shooting just counting they're doing what you do where they just fired a gun all the time i mean i'm gonna be surprised if this uh podcast doesn't pick up on all those gunshots off in the distance well i'm sure it'll come back and post they're gonna all right speaking of which 
Sorry, my lips are too dry to whistle. Can you whistle for me, please? Thank you, thank you. Boxy. Boxy, bring me the acetone and the adrenochrome. Thank you, Moxie. Let me take a couple of drops of that. Uh, Right in the eyes. Perfect. Anyways, you were saying. I kind of want to stick on this for a second. Did you just drop uh, acetone in your ass? No, no, that was the adrenochrome. The acetone is for cleaning this desk. Oh, what's on the desk needs acetone cleaning? Just a lot of adhesive. That's what I thought it was, but I didn't want to assume. It's uh, it's it's not cum. It's the way you're saying it. It's it's, it's feels adhesive. Very defensive. It's it's spray adhesive. It's just coming down from the uh, the the ceiling. It's just it seems so much more liquid than an adhesive, and it, some of it's turned yellow in spots. It's glue. I mean, glue is basically orange when it comes out of the bottle. Do you have you used glue? Gorilla before? glue, at the very least. So your sort table's a, a light brownish color. Your table's covered in in gorilla glue. Yes, gorilla glue. Yes, that's how I built the sled. Out of the, on the desk. Yes, I built the sled on the desk. I don't have a workstation. It's just you came out so I was I wasn't going to assume it was cum. No, it's adhesive. You came out so strong with it's that. It's not cum. There's no cum anywhere in this building. All right, now I'm a hundred percent. There's come somewhere in here. There's no come anywhere in this building. God damn it! That's just all that dark and all that come, Moxie. <laughs> Moxie, what? Where? What? <laughs> Moxie, are you all right? You see, <laughs> I think that dog's jerking it. <laughs> all right, so there's none of my come anywhere here. All right, so there's a bunch of dog right, come. There, there's a bunch of dog coming here. I will say, it, uh, I was. I'll admit it. You know, I'm gonna. I was gonna. Th- so, part of the breeding program. You know, it's very interesting. Uh, so, you, you know, one of our common connections, of course, is the, the podcast that, between the lines that we spent a little time on. It's wild. I thought that maybe this one, both podcasts I've been on, have had so much talk of come. Well, listen, this one was necessary. It was part of the story. <laughs> was it? Because again, you just said there's a bunch of glue. Big pause. And I, I, I it's have not to clean come. the. I have to clean the glue off this you table almost said with come. acetone. You almost said I have said to clean come. the glue off this table with acetone. You asked me why I had acetone, and I told you, and I dropped a adrenochrome into my eyes after that. See, you're, you're leaving out one important detail. Is that the, the, the floor is also covered in dog cum? No, honestly, I wasn't even going to bring it up. Now, I was saying the important detail about that story that you seem to keep dancing around is that you said, I'm using the acetone to clean up all the glue on this table. It's not come. At no point did I think it was. Well, I st- I had inklings, but I just wanted you to know. I just want. I didn't want you to worry. So when you're telling people about anything, do you also add at the end of that? It's, it's not, not come. come. So like when you're drinking, let's say coffee, you're like, I'm drinking coffee. It's not come. I don't really drink that much coffee, if I'm being honest. I mostly drink rum. You said cum? Rum. 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 Sorry. I, <laughs> Freudian slip, I guess. Rum, not cum. This is, is not cum. Is that the name of this podcast? <laughs> no, this is Fur and Loathing. Oh, that's right, of course. Can't believe I forgot that. Yes. Um, but uh, do you want to talk about what, um, when I take you back to that hotel up in Austin, how we uh, we robbed a casino? We robbed a casino, ran out of there with chips on just chips piles of chips in our arms i did try and tell you by the way that it's useless if you don't cash those out you can take them to another casino 
You really can't. <laughs> you know, I think that's probably a fair assessment. It's if I assumed that they were the same value anywhere. No, I mean they have like logos on the chips. They know you're not pulling that scam. I think that was one of the first things they thought of. When we did try them at the other casino, we got arrested pretty quickly. We did. Uh, Once again, that must have been an interesting experience for you, you being on the other side of the law normally. Yeah, it was interesting. I was honestly maybe a bit excited to see what that side of jail was, but then your dog started firing, took out, I mean, dozens, dozens of cops. They were waiting in the parking lot. I had trained snipers already. Mm-hmm. Just waiting to pop those police officers right in the head as soon as they brought us to the uh, to the car. Well, because you told me it was going to be an Ocean's uh, like Eleven situation, robbing that casino, and then it was more like I did a bunch of ether, ran in there, grabbed a bunch of chips, and ran out. Yeah, yeah, and then had dogs waiting on rooftops with sniper rifles, which, if I remember, you always have, and it just happened to work out that way. I currently have dogs with snipers trained on you at this very moment. Yeah, I know. Sometimes I hope Trigger gets pulled. Well, they do have itchy Trigger fingers, but I do give them scratchies. Mm-hmm. How long do you think they sit in their puddles of cum when they're up there? All those dogs. All that cum. So after we got back to the hotel again, we locked ourselves inside. I started playing some very loud music, turning on the television, catching up on what had been going on since I had last taken a pit stop from, you know, robbing casinos or driving my sled through the city streets of Austin, Texas. And, uh, well, I saw some upsetting things. Of course, I wasn't in the right mindset to be seeing those upsetting things. You say locked ourselves. I locked you. You locked, I mean, you had a gun trained on me. I mean, 90% of the time we was together. Again, you had a gun on you as well. I told you to do that specifically for your own protection. Yeah, but... I cannot be held accountable for my actions when I'm on the road. So, your hope was that I would, we'd have like a Mexican standoff type situation? Either you shoot me before I shoot you, or I shoot you before you shoot me. One of the two. That's the only honorable way to go about this sort of thing. Well, if if you do remember, and I understand you have trouble with memory, you did shoot me first thing. Yes, I did. Clipped me right in the shoulder. I clipped you right in the shoulder. But the whole idea would be that you would draw on me, and then the dogs would shoot you. Again, it seems almost as if me having a gun was pointless. In the end, it was just to make you feel a little more comfortable. <laughs> Hell ain't that life. Pointless garbage we do to make ourselves feel more comfortable. Just a series of unfortunate small events. things. Yeah, small unfortunate events. Wow, this is a really depressing first episode, honestly. You seem like a, like a bummer. I've been destroyed inside, and I got so much scar tissue I carry with me, I don't know what I'd do with it. We were having much more fun out in Austin, I will say. Well, you kept feeding me that Coke. I... I didn't know it was Coke. You just kept buying all my meals and all my drinks. It turns out you're putting Coke, just liquid cocaine in all of it. It's hard a to liquefy cocaine, but it does work well. And a lot of GHB. A lot of GHB. I'm taking shots of that daily, so, you know, I didn't really think much of it. I assumed you thought you knew that you were drinking GHB and not just salt water. No, I look back on it now, and I think, who was that? And was it better? Was it better to be in a different place? Yes. In a different time? Yes, it was. I Certainly guess. for me. I was having much more fun back then. You're being kind of a downer right now. Apologies. I thought you brought me on because I knew about the 
pain in the human experience. I brought you on to talk about the the, the, the Alamogordo, or I'm sorry, the Alamo underscore Gordon incident because and you took thought, a trick, trip down there. And you thought that was going to be fun? When I thought it would be enlightening. Half of my I town. I thought it would be edutainment. When half of my town turned to glass and we had to put them all down again. I see right. shadows dancing in the night. Yes, you had So to, that was going to be to, not a downer. It feels weird. Didn't think I was going to be a bummer. I ain't a happy man. <laughs> Hell, I'm barely in person at this point. You're a hollow shell of a person. I'm a husk. Haunted. I can feel the wind just moving through me. Well. Rattling my bones around. Yep. Yep, that's uh, certainly what depression feels like. Did you have any cool cop stories you wanted to tell us? Or uh, anything that would fill this dead air? I had to kill my brother once. That's not really a cool cop story. That's kind of a family tragedy. I'm going to go ahead and call this interview. One time I saw a man get caught in a drive-by and his body turned into liquid. Yeah, that's not exactly what I meant either. Folks, this has been fur and loathing. One time a car went up in a ball of flame, took out a whole family. This is all very depressing still. I, I am completely behind the idea that America is a series of tragedies covered up by pop ads and candy, but this is my podcast. I wanted to talk a little bit more about dogs, a little bit less about, uh, well, just all the awful things that you've seen in your long life. My wife had the plug pulled on her by a doctor, had to take him to jail. Fur and Loathing is recorded in the Creature Comfort Comedy Studios, where they record the podcast Between the Lines. Uh, I believe that's a comedy improv podcast where mm, hosts Benton Kreider and Edward Chernetsky do long-form improv narrative scenes based on headlines from the subreddit R Not The Onion, uh, which are headlines that seem like they're so ridiculous that they can't be real, but are actually real. Anyways, they do that podcast here, I, I believe. I've, I've seen them. One time I put my revolver in my head and pulled the trigger, and it misfired, and I just cried for a couple of hours. Those two men also host a uh, open mic, a stand-up comedy open mic at the Jade Lounge in Portland, Oregon. Uh, you can find out more about that on the Jade Lounge, or the Jaded Facebook page or Instagram page. Uh, you can also email them at creaturecomfortcomedy.com at gmail.com. There's a series of bank robberies of two brothers and I had to shoot one of them right through the skull after he killed my partner. Are you cool yet? What? I can't feel my insides anymore. God damn it, man. Get out of my studio. All right. <laughs> I'll close up this episode of Fur and Loathing. Yeah, he's taking his horse out of the studio now. I really... Did not realize he had brought a horse in here. That is a dangerous task with all the dogs I have running around with trained uh, machine guns. <laughs> oh, no. Uh, that was always going to happen. This was always going to happen. The natural end game of America. Dogs shooting dogs shooting horses. I believe I'll read one last line from my, uh, my seminal work. Alphas for Alphas. Uh sled dog training guide and story of my journey through this great country of ours. They looked at me but said nothing. By this time I was laughing crazily but it made no difference. I was just another dog sled owner running through the streets nude dragging dogs behind him. I felt like a monster reincarnation of Balto 
and I was. It's me, Walto, a man on the move and just sick enough to be totally radical. Thank you.